welcome to Independence Titles Podcast, What's Your Point? The Texas real estate podcast that gets to the point. This is your host, Kama Robertson, and I'm the Vice President of Education here at Independence Title. We have a special edition of our podcast today. I'm actually joined by two amazing guests, Kara McGregor. She's our Senior Vice President of Branding and Public Relations. And then I also have Alvin Langford, Chief Appraiser of Williamson County Appraisal District. So as you can imagine, it is that time of year. Um, Property appraisal notices are being sent out and Kara and Alvin are going to talk today and chat with me a little bit about what to expect this year. So Kara, Alvin, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you guys. Sounds great. Thank you, Kema. Alvin, thank you for joining us today. It's great to have an expert to kind of help us wade through all these complicated details. Um, So first off, uh, updated property appraisal values are hitting the mailboxes right about now. And um, for the past several years, just speaking for myself, I've had to hold my breath when I rip it open. Um, Of course, values rise and fall unevenly across the state and even across individual counties. Um, But tell us what you think property owners might expect this year. Sure. Um, You know, values were increasing in 21 quite a bit. I think everybody was experiencing that across the state. Um, I was our state president during 2022 and and hearing from across the county when our values were going out, excuse me, across the state when our values were going out. I think the average increase was around 25 percent statewide. Uh, Here in Williamson County, we were up close to 50 percent. So that was the largest increase in my 23 years of working uh, at an appraisal district. And uh, this year uh, is uh, is seeing some of the same throughout the state. As you mentioned, that they, they, they can vary as far as how they're raising in certain areas or maybe even lowering in certain areas. Uh, I was on an email chain earlier today, and, and most values within the state are still going up this year, anywhere from 10 to 20 percent. Uh, here in Williamson, we may be a bit unique this year based on what uh, the responses were. Uh, we're actually down about 11% this year uh, based on the sales that were occurring in uh, in 2022. Um, you know, your mileage may vary, but in Williamson County, uh, during the beginning of 22, the sales were actually increasing as they had in, in uh, 21, uh, all the way through about May or June. And then the Fed started raising those interest rates up, right? And it started slowing the market down. Uh, we saw a decrease from about May or June all the way through the end of the year. Um, and uh, if you look at uh, when we appraise, we appraise January 1st of every year at appraisal district. So we're looking at a valuation from January 1st of 2022, when we were up close to 50% pri- from the prior year to January 1 of 2023. And uh, it raised throughout the, the middle of the, excuse me, to the middle of the year and then started decreasing. Well, from January to January, it was a down about 11% here in Williamson County. Now that may be different throughout the state. You know, they could have seen different trends. I'm sure they all started slowing down once the interest rates started uh, going up. However, you know, they still may be playing catch up from the valuations for 2022, where they may not have gotten all the way to market value, and they're still seeing some increase over that prior year. Do you think most appraisal districts are equipped to be that responsive of of calculating changes that happen towards the end of the valuation period? You know, if they get the sales, right, we're a a non-sales disclosure state, and so it does make our job very difficult. However, we're also bound by law. The Texas tax code says we have to be at 100% of market value on January 1 with our appraisals. And uh, state funding for our local school systems is dependent on the values that we actually do here at the appraisal district. We are studied by the state comptroller's office to ensure that we're at that market level. 
And so you know, we have to go out and get as many sales as we possibly can. So, yeah, there there is some you know uh, difficulty in doing that. And there may be some uh, counties that did not have enough access or enough sales period uh, to be able to do the valuation job they needed to in 2022. And they may be still playing catch up, you know, for 23 values. Sure. That's good to know. Um, and of course, higher valuations are great if you think you're going to sell your property. Sure. Um, they're not so great when you're just hunkered down paying property taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'd like to clarify, because this is a point of confusion sometimes when we're in conversations with property owners and real estate agents, um, we need to clarify the difference between what the appraisal district does and what the county tax assessor does. A lot of people kind of conflate the two and get confused. So can you help us separate each entity and their role? I'll do my best. Yeah, there is a, a very high level of confusion throughout our state. Uh, and it may be from people that have moved from other areas of the country. In other areas of the country, the tax assessor actually does both valuation and the, and the uh, calculation of tax rates. Here in Texas, those are two separate jobs. Appraisal districts were created back in the early 80s to actually separate valuation away from uh, the taxing units. And so the appraisal district values property for ad valorem tax purposes, property tax purposes. And uh, we're, we're required to do that, as I mentioned, on January 1. So we send out notices in March or April. Um, and once we send those notices out, of course, you can protest your property. We go through the entire process. And in July, we certify the appraisal role to all the taxing units so they know how much value they have to then put a tax rate on. Uh, And that's when the tax assessor's office takes over the job, right? So they take our values and then they calculate based on what the individual taxing units, cities, counties, schools, et cetera, need in the way of their budget for the services that you and I love to enjoy in in our communities. And so when they they calculate the they basically do math right they calculate the value they look at the budget they do a division and they figure out what the property tax rate is that they need to operate for that year and so that's what the tax assessor here does the main job is to calculate those rates for the taxing units and then send out bills uh, property tax bills uh, later in the year Uh, they also collect the the money for uh, those taxing jurisdictions and then distribute that back out to them for uses in their budget that's really helpful. And it makes sense that they would separate those two functions uh, just to keep everything above board. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk for a minute about tax protests. Um, first of all, I think the vernacular calling the process a tax protest is a little misleading for property owners. They're not really protesting the tax bill, right? They're protesting the valuation. Am I right? You're right. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's like raking nails over a chalkboard for someone in an appraisal district to hear it called a tax protest because it's not what we do, right? We value property for tax purposes, but it is the valuation that somebody can protest. And so it's real important for people to understand it's really not a tax protest. The tax rates are set by the taxing units later in the year, right? So we're just looking at the valuation of your property and ensuring it's at market value. You mentioned a few minutes ago that everybody likes to see their values go up. Uh, when they're looking at selling the property, nobody likes to see their values go up when, you know, when they're looking at uh, property taxes. So I think they get that uh, confused. Uh, and for many years in the state of Texas, we were also required to put a property tax estimate on the appraisal notice. And so there was a lot of confusion based on that because they would see it come from the appraisal district. It would have a value on it and then it would have estimated taxes right there on the notice as well. And so they would pay off of that many times. So appraisal districts would receive checks, which that's not what we do. Uh, and so it, it it is something that we you know we're challenged with just because calling it tax protests is not you know not what uh, needs to uh, to occur. 
Um, but if you also look at, you know, the, the participation in the tax system within the state of Texas, I'd like to point out that appraisal districts re- receive thousands upon thousands of protests every year for value protests, right? Uh, just for instance, here in Williamson County, we, we received 80,000 protests last year out of about 262,000 properties. So it's quite a high level of, uh, of people showing up to discuss their value. However, if you go to a tax rate hearing for a local city or the county, uh, we'll use Williamson County in my example here. At Williamson County, they represent the same number of properties that we represent, right? We put values on everything in Williamson County, and they put a tax rate on everything in Williamson County. At their budget hearings, at their tax rate hearings, there was a total of two people that showed up to talk about the tax rate. And so you, you can see the imbalance that the system has created, right? We have 80,000 people that show up at the appraisal district to talk about their value, which we just said, everybody really wants their largest investment typically is their home. They want it to increase in value. However, they come in here and want it to be decreased, but nobody shows up at the tax rate hearing to talk about the actual taxes being imposed on, the, on their property. And so I've always encouraged people to participate on both sides of the equation, both value and rate. Uh, the elected officials in the county commissioner's court, the school boards and your city councils are the ones determining what that rate will be. And so these are your elected officials. Please go and talk to them about, uh, you know, the tax rate and, and, you know, that you want to limit the amount of tax growth. But I also caution you that they're going to want specific examples, right? Because you can look at their, their budget and overall they may have a certain tax rate. You just say you just want lower taxes. They're not going to know where to cut within that budget. Right. So I always recommend that you, you think about the services being provided uh, to you as a citizen in that uh, in that community and which ones you think that there are more taxes being spent than there should be. Uh, you know, you can look at some of the uh, the, the schools and, and, and complain about the, you know, the, the massive football stadiums, the you know, the, the amount of money spent on sports. Um, you know, in Round Rock ISD, someone did a calculation uh, not too long ago for me, and they said that if you were to cut the entire sports program out, like not pay any property taxes for the entire sports program, it would save somewhere around 10 to $14 a month uh, in property taxes. So not a whole lot of money is going to just the sports programs, right? So you have to think about that when you're going to talk to these elected officials and pick out the actual items that you believe that you want to cut in. You know, I've been to school board hearings many times and and uh, when they were even proposing cutting something like a tennis program, for instance, now cutting back on the budget, you wouldn't believe the number of parents that show up at those school board hearings and say, no, you know, t- tennis is really important to my child, that sort of thing. I totally understand that. But as a elected official, they need to know from you what it is you would like to be cut. Got yeah, it. The details matter. They, for they sure. Do. So let's... um think of a property owner who wants to protest their valuation. What things should they consider and how should they prepare to do that? If they're going to go through the process and be one of those 80,000 people who right. uh, shows up to protest uh, their valuations. So the first thing I would, uh, I would encourage everybody, we just talked about values increasing dramatically over the last few years. Well, if this is your homestead, which means that you have, uh, that is the primary residence for you, and you have a homestead on file, uh, you have to, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to have it from January 1 of the prior year to January 1 of this year in order to cap. So that's the homestead cap of 10%, right? So meaning a homestead exemption on file. <laughs> I just want to clarify. It, that is correct. Uh, there's two parts of the homestead. There's the exemption portion, which is a, uh, a uh, portion of value that comes off of your overall value, your assessed value before they apply the tax rate to it. And then there's the cap, and that is a a limitation on the assessed value of 10% over the prior year. 
The cap does not come into play unless you've been in the, the uh, property for a full calendar year, January 1 through December 31st, you, you get the cap. If you move in in the beginning of the year or say somewhere in the middle, you actually can prorate your homestead exemption onto the property. Uh, that's a new law that happened last session. And so you can prorate the homestead exemption. Let's say it's a $40,000 exemption and you move there at the very middle of the year. Well, you'll get $20,000 $20, of that exemption applied to your property. Yeah. Uh, but the cap does not come into place until you've been there for a full full calendar year. So the reason I tell you that story is that with market values increasing the way they have over the last couple of years, the market value has increased way over the 10% that was uh, allowed by law for the assessed value, right? And so you have market values at a level and you have assessed values at another level. So when you're deciding to protest, the first thing I recommend to people is can you produce evidence that the market value, which is the only value you can protest on that appraisal notice, should be less than the assessed value that you're being uh, taxed on? If you cannot produce evidence that says that you can get below that assessed value, it will not change your tax liability whatsoever. You can lower that market value somewhere in here. It doesn't affect doesn't your taxes. Matter. And it's not considered by the appraisal district in the following year. I hear that all the time. People think, well, if I lower it this year, it helps me next year. That is not the case. The only thing that is calculated on there is the assessed value can only go up 10% from the, uh, from the prior year, right? So if you lower your market value and it's still above the assessed value, no dice. Doesn't help you this year, doesn't help you next year. Uh, but if you can lower it below the assessed value, that's a, good, that's a good thing. If you believe you have comparable sales that you could bring in as evidence, that's a great thing. Bring those in. We don't get every sale uh, you know, in, in our community. So if we're missing one that you think is a highly comparable, great. The other thing I, I recommend, I recommend this to realtors since I'm on the phone here with realtors, is that don't uh, do your clients an injustice by just picking the lowest sales in a neighborhood. Uh, we're going to know that at the appraisal district, that that's the lowest ones you can find. Pick the ones that are the most comparable to the subject, just like when you're you're, you're doing a, a market analysis for your client on what, uh, what to buy, right? And it, whether it's worth that. If you think the home should be $300,000 based on these five comparables because they're similar square footage, they're similar age, similar quality, those are the things you need to look at when you're picking those comparable sales for your clients. So look at those sales in that neighborhood and try to figure out if you've got a good uh, comparable uh, sale that you can give your client to the, that they may be able to use in, a, in an appraisal protest. Uh, and, and in our case here in Williamson County, and, and I believe in most counties, they'll take that into consideration. They'll look at that. And if it's more comparable to the subject property than the ones that we're using for valuation, they'll put that in the sales comparison grid and see what that does to value if it does lower it in fact. Interesting. So that's a lot of homework uh, for someone who wants to protest their valuations and really have a chance at moving that needle. What are the timelines that they have to keep in mind? So let's say they're getting their valuations at some point this month, uh, right. if they haven't received them already. Um, what are the deadlines that a property owner should keep in mind? So the, the the deadline by state law is May 15th or 30 days after the appraisal notice was mailed. So some appraisal districts, especially in rural parts of Texas, don't mail them out in April. Uh, they may mail them out in late May. Well, it's 30 days from the date they mail in that case. Uh, most urban appraisal districts, however, will will mail out notices. You know, the, the, the code actually says April 1st or soon thereafter is practical. And so we actually mail ours right around April 1st every year, never on April 1st, because I don't want anybody thinking it's an April Fool's joke, right? So we, we try to have it, you know, at the end of March or right after April 1st, 
and, and send those out. That also that also gives people additional time to digest the value that we have given them and, de- and to determine whether or not they need to protest. So they get about six weeks for for our our district, right? So you we mail it out at the beginning of April. They get until May fifteenth. So they get about six weeks to determine whether or not they want to protest. You'll see some districts that'll mail them out on April fifteenth. So there's a thirty day window for them to protest as well. So it's really up to the respective appraisal district on when that is. And I'm sure that varies wildly across the state. It does. does. Um, Well, this has been such great information. I really appreciate you taking the time to unpack this. Um, Our audience includes property owners as well as real estate agents and many others. And um, it's really helpful to know how to frame this up as we enter into tax season. Um, I know it's a busy time of year for you guys, so we're going to let you get back at it. And Kama and I are going to stick around and talk for just a minute, uh, specifically for the benefit of our realtor clients. Well, I'll, I'll turn around and, and say thank you to the, the two of you as well. Uh, you know, this time of year, uh, because of the appraisal notices going in the mail, it's really important for us to get good information out there. Uh, realtors are typically uh, the expert on real estate that people know, Right. And so property taxes are a part of real estate. So they typically talk to you, uh, realtors, about uh, what to do in these cases. And you'd be surprised at how many times misinformation is given out there because they just don't know. So I I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with you today the the actual facts around uh, appraisals in our state. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's been so helpful. Awesome. Thank you, Alvin. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Well, Kama, thank you for connecting us with Alvin. That information was really helpful. Um, so I want to talk to you a minute and and um, and uh, take advantage of your knowledge uh, and talk about some best practices for realtors when it comes to assisting property owners who want to protest their valuations. Um, so first of all, what should a realtor consider before they agree to help a client with their protest process? Sure. I mean, I think there's a couple of aspects to this that you know agents need to consider. I think first is, Are they competent or geographically competent in the area um, that the client's asking for assistance in? So, you know, for example, if I am, you know, an agent in Travis County and I have, you know, I don't know, maybe it's my my mom's cousin or something and calls me, I need your help. and, And they're in Bear County or something. I don't necessarily know the goings on, the workings of that particular county, how they, just like Alvin was saying, it varies county to county so much. Um, And I think really kind of knowing the area, knowing how the county process works for that particular county, having the knowledge first off, just to assist the client with this is huge. You know, we don't want to be stepping into, um, you know, things that are kind of outside the normal lines of what an agent can can help with. I think also too, as as a a big picture idea, I think you know agents should be prepared to direct their clients to you know tax professionals, um, attorneys who can help, things like that. This this protest process is long; it's involved, especially if it kind of goes to the appeals and all of that stuff. And they may need the help of an attorney. Um, also. I think it's just important for agents to really, you know, make sure they're not going outside their area of expertise, right? Now, with that said, I know, just like Alvin said, 
every, you know, buyer, seller that you've worked with or that now own a home are going to get that notice in the mail, just like you said, Kara, and they're going to go, what is this? And they're going to call you. They're going to call the agent, right? They're going to call their real estate agent and go, "What? what's happening? Why is this? You or, know, going or, the or the title company. Or the title company. That's so true. <laughs> Or, and even they seem like I was saying earlier, the one woman who was confused because her taxes actually went down. They'll call if the tax, if it's not what they think it should be, then they're like, wait, what's happening? You know, so I think I, I wouldn't call if, if it went down. I wouldn't, I wouldn't double check that. <laughs> no, don't call, don't, call the, don't call the appraisal district, right? Um, but I do think that. You know, again, I think this would be some of the best practices that, you know, um, could be put into place. I think as agents have some proactive approach to, you know, being ready for those calls, being ready for those emails, um, kind of have a process of what you, you know, to what level do you want to help you know, your clients. I know a lot of agents are like, I don't even want to get in the minutia of all of the comps and stuff like that. I know other agents that really use this as a marketing strategy. They use it to, you know, reach out and, you know, touch their past clients to say, we can provide comps and, you know, we can help or whatever. So I think there's a broad spectrum of that. But I think that if agents can kind of figure out what they, you know, what their game plan is for this time of year, And I recommend having some sort of maybe like email template that's ready to go. That's like maybe one for, you know, one for each county that you work in to kind of go, okay, here's the link to the website. Here's the link to the form. This particular county, you know, likes you to meet with the appraisal review board first, or this one wants you to fill out the form first, because sometimes that process will vary. So I think that you need to go to the links to really figure out you know, how that goes down in each of the counties that you work in, and then maybe create, you know, a little system where when you get emails about it, you have a quick response to clients, and then some way to also engage with them on, you know, how you can help them with comparable sales. That's terrific. So what I'm hearing you say is it's not a small thing uh, to agree to step into this world and assist a property owner with a protest. And there's a lot of boxes to check and you should really be prepared to do a lot of homework. Yeah, I agree. Or, you know, if you decide that, you know, the best thing you can do is have a list of, you know, the companies that help people with with their um, property valuation protests. Maybe you have a little list that you provide and go here, this is what I can do to help you. But again, I think it's just up to the agent and the brokers to decide what their business practices are around this and then create a little bit of a system um, to implement so that they can be that resource for their clients. That's great. And I know several people that have had really good results from the professional tax protest companies. And there's a bunch of them around the state that um, that understand all the appraisal districts they're working with and know how to make the best argument. So that's definitely something to consider. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, I think that's great information. Is there anything you want to add? I don't think so. Again, like I said, I think it's, you know, this time of year always approaches. And I the agents that I have seen who are successful with this and that do really, you know, a, a good job for their clients are the ones that are kind of proactive and figure out, you know, what what they can do to add value to this process for their clients um, and, and make a good process for it. 
That's terrific. So to all of our viewers and listeners, you can find out more about property appraisals, taxes, and a whole bunch more things uh, useful to home buying, selling, home maintenance, working with real estate agents, working with title companies. All this information is on our website at independencetitle.com. Thank you for being part of Independence Titles Podcast, What's Your Point? Hosted by me, Kama Robertson. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to What's Your Point on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and get new episodes as they become available. Thanks again for listening and make it a great day.